So hey, this is Can We Talk About This? And this episode, we are going to talk about intimacy. Um, interesting topic because I think that a lot of people, you know, kind of misunderstand what intimacy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a topic that is often connected with um, sexuality, and it can be, but that is not the full definition. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to dig in to um, intimacy from a biblical viewpoint mm-hmm. and what that means in our relationships. Yeah. When I like sat down and started thinking about intimacy and like getting ready to talk about this, the first thing that came to my mind was Song of Solomon. Because I think, well, it's pretty obvious that it's like the intimate book of the Bible, right? Yeah. We, we see a lot of, um, it, it's just a collection of songs about desire, really, and that like intimate desire. But um, I know a lot of people... You, a lot of theologians say that you can also look at it as how Christ loves his church, right? And so that was where my mind went first. And so I read over it and, yeah, you know, I saw how, like, yeah, this is a good example of how Christ loves the church. But more than that, it is, it absolutely is how a man loves his wife and desires his wife and wants to be have that intimate relationship with his wife and I think it's really funny because when you like look back at the bible as a whole this book is so random yeah <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's like where did this come from like why is it in why, here? it's like smack dab in the middle of like just the most random like what's going on why are we talking about this here what's happening <laughs> And it's, it's, it's just so weird to, like, look at it as a whole and see how random it is. But, obviously, it was very intentional on God's part. Because for God to include this book in our Bible, it's him putting an emphasis on how important it is for a man and wife relationship, for a marriage relationship that is intimate and close and personal. So I started with the definitions. Of I was intimate. Gonna, that's where I was going to go next to. So go ahead. Um, intimate is closely acquainted, familiar, close, or private and personal. Um, overall, it's very friendly, very personal, or private. Yeah. Um, but also, intimacy is closely familiar, fam- familiarity, or friendship, closeness, or the state of being intimate. So that actual act of engaging in intimacy. Mm-hmm. I actually have um, I have the same definition, close familiarity or friendship closeness, but I also have the Latin meaning of the word. So it comes from the Latin word intimare, which means impress or make familiar, which comes from the Latin intimus, meaning inmost. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. So yeah. intimacy is a close family-like connection. This is interesting to me because at the time of this recording, um, I've been on Yes FM all week and I've been talking about impact and the impact that Jesus has on us, the impact we are supposed to have on the world around us, right? Um, But the reason that this is interesting is because of the definition of impact. It is the force of impression of one thing on another. So if you think about it, um, for example, a shoe, right? 
when you step on sand, specifically wet sand, right, mm-hmm. with a, a shoe, it leaves an impression of your shoe in the sand. So that is impact. And that word, um, the Latin word intimare means to impress. So it is one person impressing on another person. Um, and the word intimare means to impress, right, or make familiar. So as I ponder these two things, I can't help but think that we make uh, more of an impression or we have more of an impact on someone's life when we have more of a close mm-hmm. relationship, right? Yeah. The the shoe has to touch the sand yeah. in order for it to leave that impression. Go ahead. The thing that I think about, and this whole visual is happening, but um, specifically wet sand, right? That sand has to be ready to mm. take on that impression. Yeah. Yeah. And so that connection, and it's a two-way street, yes, right? absolutely. God calls us um, brothers and sisters in Christ. The mm. Bible refers to us that way. There is a closeness. Um, he tells us that the greatest command is to love God and to love others. Mm-hmm. And something that I thought about is that the truth is that you can have love without intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you cannot have intimacy without love. Yeah, true. And in fact, I don't believe you can have intimacy without all of the fruits of the Spirit to some degree in your mm-hmm. life, right? The fruit of the Spirit is uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in order to be really close with someone, like those things have to be in effect in your life mm-hmm. um, to have that kind of closeness with someone. You know, I know, Amelia, you were talking about Song of Solomon and and the intimacy between a married couple. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I think where we really get caught up on intimacy is when we talk about intimacy with our friends or intimacy with within the church body. And I think people get a little weirded out by that. Yeah. And I do think it's because we misunderstand mm-hmm. what it means, right? And and the definition is just close familiarity mm-hmm. or friendship. I think what's required for intimacy is the tearing down of walls. Yes. Yeah. We put walls up, um, and those walls stop us from really getting to know each other. Yeah. And I can tell you this, so I'm going to get like you know real personal, real TMI, but um, you can be married, you can be in a um, marriage relationship with someone and not have intimacy. Um, Brian and I were married, you know, for years. And we literally, early in our marriage, had sex every day. But we did not have intimacy. Because of the baggage that we brought into our relationship, both of us had walls up. And so while there was physical connection between Mm -hmm. us, there wasn't uh, emotional and mental connection between us. And we had to really work hard at that. And I will tell you now, you know, years later, we've been to marriage counseling a couple times. We put a real effort into tearing those walls down dealing with our own baggage individually mm-hmm. and with the issues that existed in our marriage so that we could develop intimacy with each other, so that we could have that close friendship. And the truth is now we've been married 25 years and he is my best friend. Like I wouldn't want 
to be married to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And there's no one else that I would rather go into old age with, right? But the honestly, early in our marriage, I don't know that either one of us could have said that. Yeah. You know, that intimacy didn't exist uh, at that time. Yeah. And so it really doesn't have as much to do with sex as people think it does. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sex is, is a part of it when you're dealing with marriage relationships. Mm-hmm. But really, it begins at a whole other level. It begins at the emotional uh, and mental or intellectual level, yeah. where we take those walls down and interact with each other honestly and mm-hmm. openly. Yeah, this is, I was just talking with my husband, Josiah, about this, um, like the same concept that you were talking about, how um, I realized really soon after we got married that I had walls up and it was affecting how I um, communicated with him, trusted him. It, it I, I realized that we weren't, we didn't have that closeness that married couples should have because I didn't allow myself to trust him fully. And so I had to go and like literally tell myself when I would get into situations where we were talking about um, just like sensitive topics, that sort of a thing, just whatever it was, I had to tell myself like, you trust this, this man, like this is your husband, he's trustworthy, he's not gonna judge you, he's not gonna leave you, this is it. Like. Divorce isn't an option for us, so it's it's okay that you tell him these things, you know? Mm-hmm. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I, like, got past that wall that I had up, that I was like, if I expose myself, he's going to leave me. That's what my brain was telling me. Um, as soon as I got past that, our relationship became so deep and so beautiful. Like, I, I do fully trust him, and I know that, like, anything that I do he's going to have such grace for me for. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. And he, anything, because I have messed up, obviously. <laughs> like, I have done stupid things since this time. And he has given me full grace and forgiveness. And we move past it so easily because I'm not trying to handcuff him to me because he's giving himself freely to me, which is also seen in Song of Solomon when it mm-hmm. says, um, I think it's chapter 2. I forgot to write the chapter. I just wrote verse 16 as if that's helpful, but (laughs) (laughs) it's about the um, belonging to and how intimacy, we feel like we belong. And it says, my love is mine and I am his. And this is a good example of how we as the church also belong to God because Jesus, he, he purchased us, right? He gave his life for us. He's won us by um, conquest. So he's fought for for me and he won and then um we belong to him by surrender as well because i've freely given my life to mm-hmm. jesus and he's mine and i'm his going back to the different types of intimacy um though that was something that i took notes on was there's many different types there was an article that i was reading they had like 10 different types of intimacy and it <laughs> broke those things down but we're talking about physical intimacy and emotional intimacy but also intellectual intimacy um spiritual intimacy and then social intimacy so it's so much deeper like you said than just a marriage relationship yeah it's it's being close and sharing life Mm-hmm. with someone on a close personal level. Taking that back to God and like you said with with Jesus and our relationship with him is so intimate 
in order to get there, in order to get to an intimate, close, personal relationship with with God, we have to understand that He needs to be first in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and recognizing that is one of the first steps. Yeah. And then putting those things into practice in order to do that. And that looks like, you know, getting up early and starting your day with God. Um, and recognizing, looking back over your life, the intimate details that nobody but God would know, mm-hmm. you know, um, reflecting on that just brings about more faith and grows your relationship so much deeper when you look back and go, God specifically answered this prayer that I never spoke or said, you know, but, but he knew Mm -hmm. and he knew what I needed. And, and then specifically points it out and shows like, I heard you all along, you know, um, reflecting on those things is so important to, create that intimacy yeah and intimacy with god is necessary in order for us to learn how to have intimacy in our other relationships yeah. Yeah. marriage relationship friend um friendships um church relationships in fact i i was reading in first thessalonians 2 7 and 8 it says although we could have been a burden as christ's apostles Instead, we were gentle among you, as a nursing mother nurtures her own children. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also for also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. So I feel like in today's society, if you know a, a pastor said to people in the congregation, yeah, I'm like a, a nursing mother to you. I, I nurture you like a nursing mother. He would be like, whoa, dude, whoa. <laughs> you need to back the train up. Because we we get weirded out yeah. by that kind of intimacy, right? But that's what he was saying here. He was saying, like, I have nurtured you as the body of Christ the way that a mother nurtures her own mm-hmm. child. There is a, a real deep intimacy there. And we're supposed to have that within the body of Christ. But I feel like in the church today, we have become, the only word I can think of right now is sterile. Where, you know, we come in, we have our mask on, we have our walls up, we interact very surface level, Mm -hmm. and then we leave. Yeah. And we're not interacting the way that God has called us to as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to care about each other, right? The definition of intimacy is close familiarity or friendship. And we don't have that kind of familiarity with each other within the body of Christ most of the time. And it is something that as the body we need to get past because I don't believe that we can really serve our purpose as the church to reach the world if we don't break down those walls within the church. The thing that comes to mind is um, the day that I showed up for a call to more and you said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You're like, you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Liar! And then immediately was, you know, we're we're laying hands, we're praying over you. And that that broke down a wall. That changed things, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Is that the day when I took your hands and raised them? And that's another thing. A lot of times nowadays people are, are 
they guard themselves from physical touch, right? And physical touch is part of intimacy. I, Me guarding myself from physical touch. And I go like this. I'm going to touch you right now. Well, you're um, to I'm her mama. I can touch her. Anyway, um, so physical touch is also something that is not only sexual, yeah. but we have equated the two to a degree that a lot of people are starving for physical touch, yeah. right? And so what happened that night at Call to More, uh, we were in worship, Ezra, I'm, yeah, it was Ezra, was leading us during worship. And Tilly was like across the aisle in the front row from me. And I could see her. I saw there was a struggle happening spiritually in Tilly. She was standing there in worship, but not actively engaging in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went over to her because God put this on my heart to do it. And Samantha was on the other side of her. Mm -hmm. And I told Samantha, take her hand. And we lifted her hands up, which, you know, is like what happened with Moses. Um, And there was a battle. Uh, The Israelites were in a battle. And any time his hands were up, they would win the battle. And when his hands were down, they would lose. And obviously a person can't just keep their hands up all the time. So it was to signify that. And we held her hands up during worship. And, uh, and she just cried. <laughs> but if, if I were afraid of intimacy in that relationship, in our friendship, and we were not as close then as we are now. So it was a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just like, no, I'm not going to let the fear of how she feels about me taking her by the hand and doing this thing stop me from doing it. Um, And I think fear stops us from entering into intimacy in our friendships, in our marriages, in our churches, in a way that is detrimental to us and to the body of Christ as a whole. I actually, um, in searching intimacy, one of the things that, um, what is the thing that keeps us from intimacy? And fear is the number one thing, and also idolatry. Um, those are the two main things that came up when I was searching, like what keeps us from those things. But it's so true because, you know, not only fear with each other, but then fear with God, because when we are not in relationship with him, we don't understand. If we're not in the word, we don't understand his character. And that Mm -hmm. breeds fear and a wall of separation. Yeah. I think another thing that breeds fear or that causes us to fear intimacy is our own experiences. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I think all of us have been in friendships that we just jumped in with both feet Mm -hmm. and we ended up getting burned real bad, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, whoa, like what the heck was that? And now I have to protect myself and I cannot allow that to happen anymore. And, And of course, like with any situation, you have to use wisdom and there are times you have to guard yourself. You need guardrails in every relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are absolutely necessary. But I think, you know, what's important for us to realize is that if we have discernment, we will know the relationships that we can be open with and those that we can't. Yeah. You know, even Jesus had levels of relationship. Right, he had the masses that followed him around, and, and he he didn't let the masses see him in every situation. Even the seventy didn't. Even the twelve, right? Mm-hmm. The seventy were people active in ministry under his leadership. The twelve were people that he 
closely did ministry with and traveled with, but it was three people, three, who Jesus was really close with. Yeah. They are the people who saw him uh, cry. They saw him, um, you know, on his knees seeking God. Yeah. They saw him in his most joyful and most painful situations. Yeah. That wasn't for everyone, right? Our intimacy is not for everyone mm -hmm. at every level, right? Yeah. There are levels of intimacy in our life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, boundaries is the thing that I think of in that, you know, in discernment, knowing what those boundaries are and allowing God to show us what those are. Because based on our feelings, based on our experiences, our boundaries look a whole lot different yeah. than what God would have our boundaries be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it requires, you said it, you know, letting God show those to us. So we have to be in the Word. Yeah. Uh, we have to be in prayer. We have to be close to God in order to be led enough to understand yeah. what those boundaries should be and who we enter into intimate relationship with and who we don't. Yeah. The intimacy that we have with a spouse is a product of a built-up relationship, right? We don't mm -hmm. just, like I talked about earlier, it wasn't just like we got married and boom, we're intimate. Like, it, we worked on it, we built it up, right? And um, the same goes for intimacy with God because we, we can't have intimacy in that access to him if we don't know him right and just as jesus isolates himself when he prays we see it multiple times he goes mm -hmm. up to the mountain he goes up to the mountain he goes into the garden he isolates himself to pray we don't perform public displays of intimacy with our spouses right it's not something that we're just walking around doing because it's not for everyone to see that's for me and my spouse but the same goes for me and God. I don't I don't get that intimacy without working for it. And it can't be earned for me either. Right. No one can earn that intimacy with God for me on my behalf. I have to do right. it. I have to be in the word. I have to worship him freely. I have to pray daily, right? And that's the only way that we can get that closeness to him. Yeah, I think... Um, that's so good because when, you know, devotionals and, you know, things on you version and all those, those are so good. Mm -hmm. But if we're not seeking it for ourselves, if yeah. we are basing our relationship with God based on what somebody else's um, summary is of yeah. scripture, mm -hmm. we have false intimacy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, that's why we have to be in the word, not just you know, yes, devotionals and you version and all those things are good. But it, for me, it did not change my relationship until I started seeking God's word on my own and trying, you know, asking God for the Holy Spirit understanding mm -hmm. of what that scripture means and how it applies to my life. Right. Be yeah, that's, that's a huge, huge thing because, um, the word is, living and active and when we read it it reads us and I know people hear that and are like what in the world are you talking about <laughs> um <laughs> but what it means is that when we read the bible it applies to us differently every yeah, time so personal yes whatever we're going through at that time it's going to apply to us in that way yeah. and that's why you don't just read the bible once either you right. you continue to read it you're continuing all the time to dig in because you're going to see new things each time right. you open it it's like you know we've talked about a lot where 
you've read it and you've read it and you've read it and then you're reading that same thing and you're like, has this always been here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really don't remember reading that. And I've read this like four times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it changes based on what God knows we need. Yeah. And how yeah. it applies. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, what we're saying is that intimacy exists in all of our relationships at varying levels. Yeah. But none of those will have intimacy if we do not have intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know people will hear that and disagree with me because they'll be like, I don't even believe in God and I have intimacy with my spouse or whomever. Um, But I really think that true intimacy begins with us and our really understanding who we are Mm -hmm. in Christ and how we are supposed to interact with the world around us. Yeah, I think also we are not going to experience the full intimacy that we are designed to have with God until we get to heaven because that's all that we'll be doing in heaven. (laughs) Like, that's that's it, you know? Um, But I think definitely, like, the the intimacy that we experience with our spouses or our like deepest closest friendships here on earth is just an example Mm -hmm. of the type of intimacy that we will experience when we get to heaven to be with Mm -hmm. Christ yeah and I think if you are struggling with intimacy if you're listening to this and you're thinking you know I as you're talking, I'm realizing I really don't have intimacy in my marriage, or maybe you're not married. Maybe you're thinking, I don't have that kind of closeness with people mm-hmm. at all. Um, I would encourage you to, first of all, start spending time with God and asking Him to help you in that. And even consider, you know, um, Christian counseling, Christian therapy, because a lot of times things that we experience in our childhood or our adulthood, things that we've gone through in our life um, prevent us from having intimacy in our relationships. Um, You know, like I said before, the the friendships that we jumped into and later were like, wow, that was dumb because that didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. Um, Those things will cause us to guard ourselves. And there are times where we don't even know why regarded Mm -hmm. and we need to dig in and find that out and the Holy Spirit can help you do that and I do think that sometimes we we need that other person to kind of help walk us through that Mm -hmm. Um, but I will caution you we've been down this road in conversation (laughs) before too make sure it's a Christian therapist don't go to a therapist who um, let me let me rephrase that yeah Make sure that they are a Christ follower because a lot of people call themselves Christians and they're not Christ followers. And you want somebody who understands what the Word of God says about who you are in Christ and who Christ is in us because that changes everything. Some of the potential problems with intimacy or uh, things that I was writing yesterday is going right into that conflict um, is broken communication or resentment, unsolved issues, um, when we're under stress and pushing people away because, you know, I've got it, it's, you know, mm-hmm. fine. Um, communication problems, when we can't communicate our needs and boundaries, our intimacy suffers. Um, 
that goes back to a trust thing yeah. where if we don't trust we're not going to feel vulnerable uh, or comfortable being vulnerable in order to have that kind of intimacy and then fear of intimacy because of past traumas mm-hmm. and hurts mm-hmm. and things yeah when I was taking my notes I was thinking about um, how a, a crazy thing happens I think with intimacy with people who are desiring intimacy and looking for it and they end up uh, in multiple sexual relationships right Mm -hmm. because again we for some crazy reason equate and i guess it's not crazy it makes sense that we equate intimacy with sex but that's not the full definition of it right Mm -hmm. but because we equate those things people will go and look for intimacy in sex Mm -hmm. and so you get people who have sex with multiple people and the more they do, the less they are able yeah. to develop an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like it it does the opposite mm-hmm. of what they're seeking in those relationships. And that's because really, before you can have that, you've got to learn to have intimacy with God and in your relationships in general before you can have intimacy in that married sexual relationship. Yeah just talking about sex in general because it is such a big part of spousal intimacy Mm -hmm. um the our our culture can it just does actually um glorify and idolize sex but then on the flip side of that the church often shames Mm -hmm. sex and Mm -hmm. makes it guilty Mm -hmm. and icky yeah and it does such a disservice specifically obviously both of those do a disservice to what sex is for um, a married relationship. But specifically, the church making it icky does such a disservice to newly married couples because they don't know how to have sex and use it as a tool to further bond with their spouse and create a deeper intimate relationship because they just feel gross and like they're doing something wrong Mm -hmm. because it's talked it's so shameful to talk about it in within our church relationships but i mean that's the work of the enemy yeah right right. because the intimate relationship with sex and your spouse is supposed to be the closest example Mm -hmm. yeah of our relationship and intimate relationship with god yeah and so why wouldn't it be you know the attack the complete flip within the church because you know, it's not talked about. Yeah, it's definitely an important topic, and mm-hmm. um, you're so right about the church often making it icky. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm a little old to use the word icky. I think. <laughs> that's just the word that I icky. like. That's um, the right word. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it it's true. The church has mm-hmm. done that, and you know, to the point where it's uncomfortable for people to even talk about it. But I do believe that, like young people getting married, they they need to have yes. um, married couples, older married couples, you know, married couples around their age, mm-hmm. talking with them about what sex is like in a marriage, what is needed, yeah. right? Um, because obviously, you know, men and women don't know really how to please the opposite sex because we have totally different equipment. Yeah. And so... We need to learn that. And now what does that require? It requires intimacy, mm-hmm. emotional, <laughs> mental intimacy yeah. to be able to have that physical 
intimacy. You have to be able to communicate with each other. Yeah. Um, that's going back to like the older couple friendships, that sort of thing. That's something that Josiah and I, um, we have a lot of like younger about to be married, um, newly married, uh, couple friends. And that's something that we will openly talk about with them because no one else is talking with them about it unless maybe they're in a good marriage counseling program where they do bring it up but even then it's still just so surface level it's like okay well how often do you want to have sex like sure but there's more to it than that you know there's a lot more to it than that and so I mean just talking with our friends like we know multiple couples who a year two years into their marriage still can't have sex like in a fulfilling way because their their minds are stopping them. They're so caught up in feeling shameful about it and like I shouldn't be doing this. Like their bodies stop them because their minds tell them they shouldn't be doing it because of how drilled into them it has been, you know. It's really sad and so <laughs> Josiah and I we do try to be open about it and they're like just explain like this is such it's it's a tool for your marriage. This is a beautiful we were designed to do this. Why the heck else would we have these parts? Like, <laughs> it's so specific for this purpose and also for bearing children, of course. But God didn't have to make it yeah. uh, feel good yeah. in order to bear children. Right. He could have had us bear children anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right? But that's how he designed us. Right. So obviously, we're meant to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So Song of Solomon um, 5.8 says, I command... That you take an oath, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, as to what you tell him, say that I am sick from love, sick from being without him. And so this is talking about how she is longing for intimacy with her husband. And it's such a shadow of us longing for intimacy with God. You know, that that's where that's where that begins. Like you were saying, um, intimacy with God is how we know what intimacy looks like. With other people yeah mm. yes so i just i love really reading song of solomon i was yeah. like my first notes were i don't understand the god <laughs> <laughs> like please help me understand but um it's been really really great to work through that and um you know in intimate relationship with God mm-hmm. and showing me exactly what that looks like. Heavenly Father, thank you for, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for the ability to come together and just talk about the things of relationship and life as a Christ follower and what that looks like. Um, would you have open hearts and open minds to receive the messages that we have in these podcasts that you would continue to work in this ministry and really allow us to build intimacy with each other and with you and be an example for other people to see what real intimacy looks like um, and and the messages that you have for us. Um, We are thankful for your son and that all of this is even possible in the first place. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.